All right, this is Jeffrey Harris, and we are back for the 411 Wrestling Interviews podcast. Today we are speaking with the former UFC fighter, current MLW superstar, former MLW heavyweight champion, the one and only Tom Lawler. Tom, you are going to be fighting Killer Cross tomorrow at the 2300 Arena for MLW Fightland. Uh, how much are you looking forward to this matchup? I'm, I'm not going to be fighting. I'm going to be displaying technique. I'm going to be showing people how to apply proper submission holds, how to throw proper technical strikes. Killer Cross is the one that is in for a fight, not me. I'm simply going to do what I do every single day, and that is practice my technique, perfect it against a live opponent, and you will see that in Philadelphia. Not a fight. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. So we're going to see some great technique for you. But Killer Cross is going to be making his debut tomorrow night, and you are the MLW veteran going in. So what is it like uh, for you at this point now? You're the veteran, and you're going to be facing a newcomer, at least for MLW and Killer Cross. And uh, do you are you do you feel determined to show that this is your turf? I think everybody out there knows that when I step out there, when I go into the ring, when I get through those ropes, it's my turn every single time. This is no different. Uh, Killer Cross comes in, a very heralded opponent. People think that this is a great stylistic matchup, that you know he brings uh, a mixed martial arts style that can match mine to the ring. But I'm here to tell you that that's not true. It's simply not the case. The fact is that I am a more talented individual. I hit harder. I have better submissions. Uh, my cardio is better. I'm tougher. There's not an aspect of professional wrestling. There's not an aspect of mixed martial arts that he has an advantage over me in. So, personally, I don't give a damn about Killer Cross and his big debut in MLW. He is going to fail to, to like he's gonna fail to accomplish any goal that he has set forth well Tom do you think because you have that UFC MMA background that makes you basically sort of like OP or overmatch for pretty much any opponent who steps into the ring to face you in MLW no it's not the fact that I have an MMA background it's what I did in my time um, you know, I was restricted by weight classes. I was still somebody who was able to crack the UFC rankings. People seem to forget that. People seem to think that I was the guy that went out and did some cool, funny entrances and, you know, had some memorable weigh-ins. But people seem to forget the fact that I was choking people out, that I could knock people out, that I'm a threat to take you down and hold you there against their will. So, you know, I'm multifaceted and... It's like, it's not the fact that I train MMA. It's not the fact that I have MMA fights. It's the fact that I am who I am. And quite frankly, I'm just tougher than everybody else that's in MLW. Now, tomorrow you're going to be returning to the 2300 Arena, formerly the ECW Arena. This is a legendary venue that has a ton of history in terms of pro wrestling, this is the place where you won the MLW uh, Heavyweight Championship uh, from Loki. 
So, I mean, what's it like that you're sort of creating like your own history and mythology in this legendary uh, arena? Yeah, I myself, I love history. I love reading about not only the history of different countries and how they came to be through various wars or, um, you know, corralling society uh, to do their bidding. I am a huge fan of wrestling history. I'm a fan of martial arts history. But I'm a fan of all these things, not to sit there and and look at them and, and be awestruck, but I'm a fan of all these things so that I can learn what works and what to do. And I may have won the MLW world title in Philadelphia, but quite frankly, that doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. I'm not somebody who's going to be awestruck when I get in there, think about things that happened in the past and what could have been and what was. I have a goal when I step through those ropes, and it's to beat the absolute shit out of Killer Cross, and that's what's going to happen. Now, do you see this match on any level as a stepping stone? You know, this is a new year, new decade. Is this like sort of a new start for you? I'm going to beat Killer Cross, and then I'm going to head back to the heavyweight championship. No, not at all. People want to create their own storylines in their mind. They want to try to look at somebody's career and cherry pick the ebbs and flows. And, and, you know, oh, he was in a downtime at, at this point, and now he's going to, you know, rise up from the ashes. No, 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 no. This is about consistency. And if you look at what I've done at MLW since the get-go, if nothing else, I've been consistently at the top of the card. And there's a reason for that. And you're going to see what that reason is Saturday night. When I take Killer Cross down, I take him into what everybody thinks his element is, and that's into a fight and beat him exactly there, where he already knows that he stands no chance. Now, lately we've, you know, we've been seeing a lot of talk about the Wednesday Night Wars, AEW, NXT on the scene, but like, I see MLW over here, and MLW's making a lot of big, uh, big moves, I think, in terms from the talent they're bringing in, from, from the people they're signing to contracts, uh, they signed you to a, a new multi-year contract, Last November, uh, King Mo is going to be on this card tomorrow. They've got Davey Boy Smith Jr., uh, Brian Pillman Jr., uh, Ross and Marshall, Von Eric. What do you think, sort of, I, I think MLW just seems to be surging more and more these days, and it seems like this could be a very big breakout year for the company. But what do you think? Well, I mean, obviously there's a reason why. Uh, I re-signed with MLW, and that'll be there for the next few years. Uh, and that is because of the roster. Like you mentioned, the roster that has been assembled uh, has a great mix of talent. You get young guys like Brian Pillman Jr., who you mentioned, uh, Vance Warner, two completely different style wrestlers that you'll find in MLW. You have guys like uh, Airwolf, um, Zenshi, there's a ton of luchadors that come uh, come in from Mexico. And all of them are a completely different style than what you'll find from a Davey Boy Smith Jr., from a, a King Mo, from even a low key. So what I think uh, excites me the most is being able to you know diversify myself and fight all these different styles. And I think that's what MLW does best. It has a diverse uh, variety of 
of different wrestling that you get. And you really don't get that anywhere else. If you watch most uh, professional wrestling shows, they're like homogenized, you know, to a certain degree. And MLW, when I watch it, it is not. So that's uh, that, that's the reason I'm there. That's why I stayed. I think the name of MLW's uh, flagship television show, Fusion, is the perfect name for what MLW brings to the table. It's wrestling. It's the fusion of wrestling. Uh, so that contract, Tom, is it uh, is it three, four years, five? You wanna do you wanna give us a number? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. But it's my, it's my personal, uh, my personal. Business. Just curious. I'm, I, that's fine. I just uh, I just felt like I had to ask. So, uh, how is my Cor- management? My management team has advised me not to yeah. give that information. No. No. Fa- fair enough. But I I appreciate you just uh, saying that. So, uh, how is Corp Bauer, you know, sort of as the as the captain of this ship, uh, and how and how good of a job do you think he's doing right now? Especially considering back in the day, Dana White used to be your boss. <laughs> well, I mean, if you take a look at where MLW started and where it is now, you can obviously see that, there, see that there's been a tremendous amount of growth. Um, and you know, as far as Corp goes, uh, I was thinking about this earlier. I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure that virtually every other promotion that you see on television is handcuffed to a certain degree as to what the performers can and cannot do, what they uh, can and can't do as far as their characters go. And I feel like I'm not really handcuffed by any of that in MLW. I can do um, what I want to a certain extent. I have a, a ton of input as to how I am as a, as a character and what I can do. And, you know, I think that's very important in, in today's wrestling landscape. You hear so many horror stories about promos and being scripted and, and guys being given characters which don't fit them. And in MLW, you don't really have that. You don't have anybody that's, uh, you know, a fish out of water, so to say. So, so your promos, do you just come up with all of them yourself uh, in MLW? There's, like, not a script? your work from? Uh, there's varying degrees of uh, things that are scripted and unscripted. Um, I think because I have been around for virtually the entirety of the, well, I have been around the entirety of the second run, um, I think I'm given a little bit more leeway uh, than more people. You know, I'm sure of that, actually. Uh, one thing that you know, you have to remember that I did not like ad nauseum, but I've done a lot of media uh, when it comes to dealing with like the UFC and other MMA promotions, doing MMA commentary, going on Goodwill tours. Uh, so I'm accustomed to at least being in front of people uh, speaking. Whether I'm getting my point across or not is a different story, but uh, I think that, you know, the fact that I've done all that stuff and I've been around with MLW since it restarted uh, means that I have a little bit more input than, than perhaps some people. But, like, I can tell you from firsthand, watching stuff backstage and uh, and behind the scenes that guys are not being said what to say. Uh, guys are not being given, like, characters and ideas that don't necessarily, you know, fit them um, for the most part. So. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great place as far as uh, being a worker goes. Now, uh, before we got that announcement that you know you would re up uh, with MLW, I, I would think you would have been like one of the like the one of the hottest sort of uh, 
talents and free agents out there. Do you know if there was uh, interest or attempts to sign you from like, I don't know, an ROH, Impact, AEW, NXT, what have you? Uh, there's always people talking and, you know, things going on. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, so now that we have... Uh, hey, you also, you also yeah. have to remember, hey, you also have to need to take into account as well that I have strings being pulled from different avenues. I'm not retired necessarily from MMA, so oh. a lot of this... Uh, I'm like a mercenary, you know, to a certain extent. There's, there's uh, fights that have been offered to me that I want to take, but, you know, I've previously committed to certain wrestling dates, so, um, you know, my future is not necessarily as cut and dry uh, as you may think. Okay, so you're still not officially retired from MMA, so the right fight comes along, you'll still take an MMA fight? 100%. I, I still essentially put in a training camp um, all the time. I've trained five days this week. Uh, twice a day, every day, so it's not like I'm not in, in shape. Uh, I get offered fights. Sometimes I have a uh, conflicting date that I don't want to back out on. Uh, sometimes I keep dates open uh, in hopes that you know something will come through, and, and oftentimes it doesn't, but um, yeah. Now, what do you think about King Mo joining uh, MLW, and is he someone you would like to get into the ring with at some point? Oh, absolutely. Like I said earlier, it's a different different type of wrestler, different style. Um, I'm sure that King Mo and I could do quite a few things that he wouldn't be able to do with anybody else in the ring, and that I wouldn't be able to do with anybody else in there. So I think that's one of the things that appeals to me the most. And Like, like I said, you know, we mentioned all these different kinds of styles of wrestling, but I mean, my favorite thing to do is get in there and have, like, a fight with somebody. King Mo, Low-Key, Davy Boy Smith, Simon Gotts, uh, Dominic Garini's around on this, Tim Thatcher, Douglas James. You know, there's tons of guys out there. A Parka, L.A. Park. I'm sorry, L.A. Park. I mean, there's tons of guys out there who can fight. And, uh, you know, I, I love that aspect of them. I'll you. What do you think? Now we're, we're I think... I'm not, this is, this has not happened all at once, but we are seeing former MMA and UFC fighters having sort of, uh, pro, we're seeing them either dip their toe into pro wrestling or sort of surging in the pro wrestling business. Uh, not just you, uh, Matt Riddle, Shayna Baszler over in NXT, Cain Velasquez, a, a former, uh, UFC heavyweight champion has signed with the UFC. Frank Mir, um, he's starting to do it a little bit uh, more through uh, Josh Barnett's uh, blood sport, I believe. But uh, what do you think of that? And sort of, we're seeing you know top UFC names and former MMA fighters sort of making this transition into pro wrestling. This is this is nothing new. Uh, there's been sports stars and athletes intermingling with professional wrestling here in the U.S. Ever since it's been going on, um, you know, it just so happened that the UFC and MMA wasn't around until the mid-90s. So you didn't have these crossovers going on until, you know, obviously Dan Severn was wrestling. Uh, Ken Samrock was already a professional wrestler at that point. And if you really want to delve into it, really professional wrestling and mixed martial arts in Japan have been intertwined ever since the beginning. Uh, Rich Dovan 
became famous by essentially backstabbing uh, Kimura, the, the man who defeated Hirio Gracie, uh, which is pretty famed in MMA and Jiu-Jitsu circles. So uh, they've always been connected, and now it's no different. So I love when that question comes up, like, uh, like there's going to be like this, this forgotten era with you know U.S. reference fans that don't realize that they are the same thing. They are no different. Now, I mean, just going back in your career, you would always have some of the best, um, you know, weigh-ins and stare-downs ever. When you would cut, like, I remember that one time you came out and did the, the Shockmaster sort of uh, gimmick. Um, have you, So I feel like you've been a pro wrestling fan probably for a long time, right? Yeah. When did you, yeah. when did you like, first get into pro wrestling and sort of become a fan of pro wrestling? I don't remember a time where I wasn't. Yeah. To be to be honest, uh, my whole life. Um, obviously, like I said, the UFC came around in the nineties, uh, early nineties. So I was not, you know, MMA wasn't available for me to even be a fan of until then. Uh, so I was a huge pro wrestling fan, um, and like I said, in my mind, they are the same thing. You are you are selling combat. They are both combat sports that are based upon conflict. One of them happens to be predetermined. One of them isn't. But when it comes to uh, doing promotion, everything, interviews, everything, they're the same thing to me. You know, so um, sure, I've been a pro wrestling fan my whole life, but I was an MMA fan too. I'm a, I'm a fan of boxing. I'm a fan of kickboxing. I'm a fan of sumo wrestling. I just like to see two people fight. So the way the, the way in shows where you would I think you became a fan favorite just you would put on a show for the fans I feel like and I feel like you had a a better connection with the fans than I think a lot of other fighters did in their careers. Can you speak at all about like you know why you know why you wanted to put on that show for the fans and you would come out and you would do fun stuff at the weigh-ins and what have you and also you know the of course that great who let the dogs out entrance at UFC 100. Yeah, uh, if you, you've been a fan of uh, Japanese mixed martial arts, there were two fighters that stand out, uh, I guess the most to me when it comes to something like this, and that would be Kazushi Sakuraba and Genki Sudo. And when mixed martial arts was in its infancy, uh, early on the UFC was pretty heavily available on pay-per-view, but... After about like UFC, I don't know, 15, 16, something like that, maybe even before that, um, it started getting harder and harder to find. And there were quite a few years uh, where, essentially in the U.S., there were like dark ages of MMA. UFC was not on pay-per-view. It was tough to come across. It was not known to the mainstream. Uh, politicians were against it. And during that time, MMA was kind of thriving overseas, it was thriving in Japan. And really, the only way to follow that would be through the internet. And uh, MMA, essentially, and anybody can argue with me on this, but they would be fucking wrong. MMA uh, in the U.S. survived because of the internet, because of internet forums, because of groups of people banding together to order pay-per-views, to watch it, and to support a sport that was dying before our very eyes. Now, like I said, in Japan... Uh, that same sport was fledgling. It was, it was doing great. It was uh, setting records in the box office. 
it was a multi-million dollar industry. And luckily, due to the internet, people could follow that. When I got to the UFC, this, uh, you know, the UFC wasn't what it is today. It wasn't this huge, um, you know, household industry. It was still kind of in the grassroots. And that internet, um, I guess, community, the internet forums, uh, were still filled with tons and tons of fans who had been around watching the sport since the beginning. And I happened to be one of them. So all the stuff that I was doing at weigh-ins, at walkouts, everything, um, you know, that was done then was essentially done in an effort to, if you want to say, entertain anybody, it would be those fans who have been around since the beginning. Those fans that remember the, the two-second clip of the Just Bleed guy randomly popping up in the UFC. Uh, the, you know, uh, very random fans who saw Genki Sudo walk out as Buckethead uh, at, a, at a show in Japan, a K-1 show. Uh, so, you know, that's who I was targeting. That's who I was trying to, you know, entertain. And, well, it worked. Now, how great was uh, was that night for your career at UFC 100? You uh, submitted CB Dalloway that night. You got submission of the night. Was that like one of the highlights of your of your MMA career, your UFC career? I guess. <laughs> I guess it would have to be in retrospect, right? Right, right. But, well, uh, you know, I'm not the kind of person that right. sits here and, you know, thinks about the past because realistically, what does it matter today? You know, we can... We can point at it sure it's a great memory uh it was cool uh i won a lot of money but you know there's more important things going on in my life right now i don't need to sit here and think about uh being cb dalloway in 50 seconds okay everybody already knows i did that (laughs) well i i was just curious like you know how that felt like how that felt that night for you you know looking back i i mean to be fair it was 11 years ago right right I mean, it's hard. I've lived, uh, you know, a small child's lifetime since then. And, um, you know, I have good memories of it. But like I said, it doesn't have like a, a huge bearing on my life today. So I have a lot better memories, I guess. Right. Um, well, not to, not to dredge stuff up, but I'm just curious. Do you have anything else to say about the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency and how and how things sort of ended up with you and the UFC? And I think a lot of... Uh, people, I guess, would point, you know, what happened with you as sort of an example of, you know, there are a lot of sort of questions around how U.S. uh, anti-doping agency is handling their business and uh, is everything really transparent and above board over there? Yeah, I'm um, going to borrow a quote from my buddy Papa John and... I, I truly feel when it when it comes to USADA that the day of reckoning is coming. Uh, very very interesting. There, there, there will be a day of reckoning. Uh, it wouldn't. It definitely wouldn't surprise me uh, at this point. Now, um, anything? So you know, this is a new year. This is this is sort of a new era, a new time, new decade for you, Tom. Is is there anything? Uh, any goals you want to share? Anything you're looking forward to uh, this year besides uh, getting in there? Killer Cross, uh, and showing the Tom Waller show. You know what's funny is you that question, right? Like 
that now, right now, right this second, is the very first time I have thought about that. It's the very first time I've thought about anything in my life changing because it's a new decade, because it's a new year. It is business as usual. On the first of the year, I got up and I busted my ass. The next day, I got up and I busted my ass. The next day, I got up and I busted my ass. The next day, I got up. I didn't want to. I'm telling you I didn't want to. But I got up and I busted my ass. Right? I am disciplined beyond belief. The only motivation I need is the fact that I know every single day I get up, I am going to make myself tougher than the next guy. Now, I don't know what um, your deal would allow, but would you ever have any interest uh, trying out possibly Josh Barnett's blood sport uh, with those sort of uh, kind of grappling matches or New Japan somewhere down the line? Uh, well, I competed at the last uh, Josh Burnett's blood sport against right. Davy Boy Smith. Um, I do not believe I will be at the upcoming one this year. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm open to anything that I can contractually do. Um, I'm open to, like I said, I'm open to MMA fights. I'm open to uh, professional grappling matches, which I've done in the past. I'm open to paranormal boxing, moat fighting. Whatever, you know, um, I would love to go to different countries and wrestle. Uh, I have some opportunities to do that upcoming. And I would love to just simply wrestle in new places across the country. You know, all of these things appeal to me, so. Okay, so what's going to happen when you get in there with Killer Cross tomorrow? Do you have a prediction? Are you in? Uh, have you flown out to Philadelphia yet? Or are you there now? No. Okay. I was just curious. Still in Las Vegas. Okay. So, last question, Tom. If you have uh, any any plugs, any any social things for the fans on where fans can can find you or reach out to you or or anything else you have going on that you'd like to share with us, I will, wanted to give you the time to go ahead and share that now. No, I'm a very simple man. You can find my Twitter at filthy Tom Waller. You can find my Instagram at Silpy Tom Waller, and uh, that's it. All right. Watch your back. Watch your backs. <laughs> All right. I cannot wait to see. I cannot wait to see this matchup with you and Killer Cross, man. And uh, thank you so much uh, for this time, uh, Tom. I'm really looking forward to see uh, what you're doing next and what you're going to be doing uh, throughout this year. Um, this is Jeffrey Harris, and you've been listening to me speaking with Tom Lawler. This is the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast. Thank you, everybody.